Hey, everybody out there on the internet, finding us here on this weekly show called the PlayStation Report. Yeah, unless you accidentally clicked on something else. My name's Frank, and I'm here alongside my weekly bed buddy, Tyler. Monkeys have dicks, and, and they maybe play with them. And sometimes dolphins like to have sex for fun. Occasionally. I, I just can't picture that, you know? I, I always hear, like, dolphins are the only other species that have sex for fun besides humans. And I'm like, I just can't see dolphins fucking. Yeah, you know, on top of that, I can't see any sea mammals fucking, like whales, walruses. I can't, I just can't imagine that happening. I know, and I feel like fucking underwater has to be really, really difficult. Yeah, and it's got to be dangerous, too, because, you know, there's all kinds of shit in the sea. you got to make sure everything's safe. You can't have any sharks around you when you're fucking. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do dolphins give each other, like, BJs and their blowholes? I don't think, I thought, no, I don't, no, mm, Do I don't dolphins wanna, have dicks? I'm pretty sure dolphins have dicks. <laughs> I'm almost 100% I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain. Sure. Out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the PlayStation Report, episode 50. Yeah, you heard that right, 50. <clears throat> yeah. We've been doing this a while, almost a year now. And it's pretty awesome. We are now here on the Plugged On Vids channel. Correct. And that should be that is a, a true good time. statement. And if you're new watching this show, it's just a show where me and Tyler shoot the shit about PlayStation games we've been playing, which cues up the ever-present question, what you've been playing lately, Tyler? Not a lot, uh, but not a lot, but a lot of Watch Dogs 2. I've put probably a good seven or eight hours into Watch Dogs 2 in just the past few days, and uh, just trying to to pound the shit out of it before Horizon. Unfortunately, neither Frank nor I have been playing Horizon Zero Dawn, which makes me very, very sad. One of these days we'll sad get an early panda. copy. One of these days. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just, just bug uh, someone. Yeah, exactly. Or we can, you know, we could steal them. We could. We could just find one of those trucks with those Horizon discs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, take over the truck take our discs and then burn the rest of it, you know? Yeah. We could be like fucking truck fuckers and yeah. steal some stuff. Just grab them by their big old truck nuts. Yeah. Yank them. Yeah. Exactly. I heard if you yank a pair of truck nuts, the truck just is incapacitated. It can't go anywhere. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to know. Anyways... Uh, I've been grabbing a whole lot of truck nuts in Watch Dogs 2. It's a great game. Actually, let, let me back up. It's a good game, borderline great game, in my opinion. Like, almost anybody that played the first game went, this is fun, but it has a lot of problems. There's good ideas here to build for the future. The main character sucks. Actually, all the characters suck. Blah, 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 blah. The story sucks. Um, I think Watch Dogs 2 is literally... I mean, I, I talked about it a little bit ago, a few weeks ago too, but uh, 
it is a direct reaction to everything that the first game was. And it and it's just better in literally every way. The gameplay is way more fun. The open world of San Francisco is way more fun to explore. It's absolutely gorgeous. I, I, I'm actually surprised because uh, I don't really think of Ubisoft games as being the most gorgeous games I've ever played. Um, but there are moments in Watch Dogs 2 that are just absolutely stunning, whether it's just the sun setting on the golden bridge as you're driving across it, or, you know, you throw your drone up in the air and you spin around and you're like, wow, this draw distance is crazy. And I can see a whole bunch of stuff and the lighting's perfect. And it is a gorgeous game. Um, and it's just a blast to play. I mean, I'm, I'm actually getting towards the end of the main story and I just absolutely love playing it. Uh, it's, it makes you think, and it's a creative open world game like it, it can get into its more mindless moments um but when it comes to you know the main mission design and stuff uh it's it is a fairly creative game and it keeps you on your toes um i i don't think i've really killed anybody in this so what i do is i just stealth around i stun people with my stun gun and put them to sleep or i just whack them and and knock them out or whatever okay um hold on a minute let's be real when you're knocking them with that weapon you're probably causing irreversible damage to their brain well yeah but i'm not whipping out my fucking guns and blowing their brains out uh so i'm I'm just trying not to really kill anybody i try to do it stealthy um and when you get through things stealth wise it's it's cool and there's there's some really challenging puzzles in the game too when it comes to some of the hacking stuff which they're fairly similar to the first game you're just moving some pieces around and basically connecting one end to the other with some type of power uh but they're way more creative in this game um the side missions are fun the upgrades are cool uh i I love you know (laughs) i was doing a mission and you know i was against the fbi and they were looking for me. But it's like, I just look at a dude, and all of a sudden I can detonate the grenade in, in his pocket, which then blows up a car, which then blows up a few guys. You know? And then I could, if I wanted to, call gang members on those guys. So it's like, there might be some death, but I ain't causing it. Okay. With my bare hands. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I... It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's that's a way to play a game. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a blast to play. I, I I do think that if you played through the first game and you were burned, I think giving this game a shot, you could end up liking it because there is a lot of good stuff in there. It's got a lot of content. It's beautiful. Um, it's cool. I like it. Mm. I just don't think it is amazing. Okay. You know what I mean? It's just a good, fun time. Um, And it's got a very easy trophy list. I am almost there, but there's five trophies that are like multiplayer that I had to figure out how to grind out in some way, but I'm I'm almost there for that plat. So we'll see. I'm on the verge of a few platinums. I just need to actually finish them off. 
I see you down there with your trophies trying to catch up to me. Well, you've been actually really pulling away from me in terms of trophies because I haven't been uh, pounding stuff out on PlayStation as much as I've wanted to recently. Um, but I finished The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, so now I am on a mission. Ooh, you're on a mission now? Yeah. Oh, dang. Looks like I'm going to have to step up my game. Let's just say here, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess is a fucking great game, and it beats the living shit out of out of Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time. Anybody who disagrees can come and, and fucking fight me. And if you just, if, uh, if you can fight Tyler and beat him, your reward is you can eat my cum. <laughs> uh, that might be a good reward. Uh, yeah, well, it depends it, it what depends. I had what I had to eat and drink yeah. that day. Yeah, you're drinking wine right now. Do you think your cum will taste oh, good? Oh fuck no, dude! Alcohol no. fucks that shit up. But but you you got some nice grapes getting put in your body, dude. Dude, that does not outweigh the alcohol taste. <laughs> Let's take a, a quick aside here because it something just popped in my mind. I was talking to my girlfriend, and we were talking about what is the Mount Rushmore of food. Oh, So what mouth? are the four essential food items that are just fucking amazing? Oh, ooh. You can only pick four. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Burritos? Yes. Yes. That was that. That's one of mine. This one's not going to be one of yours. Ramen. No. Um. Right. Let's see what's the next. Ramen's good. Next one on my list here. I'm gonna have to go with steak. Okay. And then. I want to say pizza. I want to say pizza so badly, but I have to get like a variety of things on here because. The Mount Rushmore should encompass a variety of foods. So, with that said, I'm going to say sushi. Sushi. All right. All right. I have what, what, burritos. What you... All right. Grapes. Grapes are fucking amazing. Uh, spaghetti. And I don't know. I don't know the other one. Jambalaya. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let, let's consolidate our list. We both agree on burritos. Yes, burritos are just essential to life. I'll let you have grapes, and I'll get rid of. I'll get rid of sushi. Okay. And then we can have. We can have burritos, grapes. Uh, what were my other two now? Uh, steak and ramen. I think we have a Mount Rushmore of food. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I enjoy steak. How do you? Not as much as you. Oh my god! You need have. All right, question: Have you ever had a steak not made at a chain steakhouse? No, because I don't really order steak when I go out to eat. Okay. Really. But, like, when do you eat steak then? My my parents make it all the time. Do they? They yeah they they love it and are they, they fu- are they steaks. fucking it up? No, they okay. make good steaks, but 
You know, I, I don't know. Maybe they're not the best stakes. Maybe I just haven't been uh, shown what a truly great stake is. Well, maybe it's time for me to come up there and raise the stakes. <laughs> I, I would think so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. How do you, how do you eat your steak? Um, medium, medium rare. All right. All right. Yeah. Medium, medium well kind of guy. All right. I, I can accommodate you. I, I can deal with a little bit of pink, but fucking our buddy Keith will eat his rare, man. Mm. Like, that's I can nasty. see that. I can see uh, that. He seems like the kind of guy who just wants to eat raw flesh. Yeah. I, I just can't do that. Mm. Anyways, yeah. what have you been playing? Oh, I've been playing a lot of that Digimon. I've put over 30 hours in it now. Ooh. Still not done. Like, I don't even know where the end game of this is. <laughs> like, I've only beaten chapter one. And I wow. think there's like eight chapters. Some of the, I hope some of them are shorter than this one has been. But I'm also my so you have two Digimon partners. I'm out of cycle now. One's dying while the other one's still like digivolved really up high. So they're like mm. out of cycle with each other. I need to get them regulated. Which yeah. means I might have to purposefully get one killed off. Or both killed mm -hmm. off at the same time. Which is kind of cynical. Yeah. That's like some Witcher 3 shit, man. Like 30, 30 hours per chapter. Oh, God, yeah. Like, this... holy Jimmy. And a lot of it is just grinding, <laughs> so my Digimon are, like, powerful enough to beat the boss at the end mm -hmm. of the chapter. Yeah, see, let, let's have a chat here. How do you feel about grinding in video games? Oh, man. <laughs> it really depends, because I love loot grinds. Loot grinds are so much fun when you're just going out and blasting shit and trying to be able to blast bigger shit or more yeah. difficult shit. But when you're like, it's a fundamental thing that you have to do to beat the game, it's, mm, it's that's, frustrating. That's, that's where I cross the line, too, because I can do loot grinds in, like, Diablo or Destiny or something all fucking day. It also helps when the game is a lot of fun to play, you know? I can grind shit out like that. But when it comes to, like you said, grinding to finish a game, grinding to get past a certain point, grinding just to level up, fuck that, man. I'm out. I, I just think that you can... That as a developer, if that's something that the you know the player has to do, you kind of fucked up, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And you can design your game a lot better. You can pace it a lot better. You can maybe make the leveling a lot better or something. You can do a lot of things to make the game a much better experience. Because if I get to the point... Like, for example, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1, I think, is one of the grindiest games I've ever played in my life. Uh, where I just had to grind and grind and grind and grind and grind just to fucking move on. And I was almost to the point where I'm just like, yeah, I'm okay. If I ever have to hear the Little Mermaid theme again, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> I'm, go I'm going to, like, just grab the nearest throat and just tear like into that. it because... Fuck, like, I le legit just quit Kingdom Hearts 1 when I got there. Because that, that fight with Ursula is bullshit. 
Oh, yeah, it is. And that's one of the ones where grinding is fucking necessary. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Kingdom Hearts 1 is a good game, but that aspect alone, I think, really holds that game back. And uh, because that's not fun. That's not fun. You can design your game a little bit better. There's a difference between having a challenge and having a challenge because you you know you've been playing the game up until the point how you were kind of supposed to in the box that the developers gave you or something and you just can't do it mm-hmm. you know and now i have to grind out to make my player stronger or to have more health or something just to to have a chance like i'd rather have the pacing of the game be better and still have a nice challenge and but i know like I can fucking do this. It's it's like a it's like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls or something. Mm-hmm. Like you can grind in those games, but what it comes down to is skill. And those games, most of the time, are yeah, they're hard, but they're fair. You know why you died. You know you fucked up, and you don't really have to grind. You just might just to make it a little bit easier on you, but it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But it's still a challenging game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Grinding is just, to me, one of the worst things in video games. Except ever. in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 through 4. Yeah. I mean, grinding is pretty good in that. Well, yeah. Using using yeah. it to transition to keep your combo <laughs> up. Yeah, I mean, but, it's fun. And, uh, uh, the, fun the main thing though. in... I want, I want to say about, like, difficulty in games. Difficulty should not be a matter of, like, getting your numbers to a point to where, yeah, like, exactly. where the numbers match up to where you can beat something. It should be about being able to adapt to a situation, being able to use the mechanics of the game outside of just numbers yeah. to get past your adversary. I agree. And even, like, uh, for example, grinding for items to get to a certain point, too, Fuck that, man. Like, there's quests in Destiny where you have to grind out items, and they're terrible. Like, those quests are by far the worst quests in the game. Uh, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, right towards the end, you have to go around the world and find, like, seven or eight different items, and the game really doesn't tell you jack shit about them, and some of the bullshit that you have to go through just to get them is terrible and that's just to get to the final boss so then you can go through the final dungeon you know beat the game like that stuff sucks too i hate that shit you know if you're gonna grind make your game enjoyable mm-hmm. yeah that's not the only thing i played though yeah i've been well you saw one of my highlights of the week oh my god that rocket league goal yeah that rocket that league goal holy yeah. shit it was it was something, so maybe I'll play it up here in the video here. But uh, for those listening on audio, basically what I did was the ball was coming down towards my goal. I flipped past it and went and jumped up on the wall and started running my way back, and a teammate like basically passed the ball up to me, and then I did like a backflip and launched it into the other team's goal. Yeah. It was. It looks really amazing. If you want to see it, um, it's on my Twitter, and I'm also gonna put it in the video version right here. Yeah, the I watched that goal, and I, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, damn, that was a nice goal. 
Yeah, it was the the amount that goes into that. It's just wow. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe my it looks like a whiff on the video. It looks it absolutely looks like a whiff on the video on my first like flip towards the ball, but I went past it and then got up on the wall and came back towards it and they just passed it right to me. Like there was a, it was a great pass too. It was just an overall excellent play. Yeah. Right on. But yeah, uh, I did that. I also played through most of Dis. Well, I want to say half of Dishonored Two. Really? Yeah. How I- is it? So I've just gotten past the Clockwork Mansion, the level that everyone just raves about. Yeah. How was it? And they weren't lying. That yeah. that that whole that whole <laughs> puzzle contraption thing is pretty brilliant. Yeah. I yeah. mean. Uh, it's just awesome. Just fucking awesome. How how like how's the gameplay in that game? Is it pretty much the same as the first? Is it better or and who are you playing as? Are you doing so, Emily here? So I'm playing as Emily. I'm going through on a high chaos mode because that's the quickest way to beat dishonored games is just kill everything and just move on. It's it's fun too, honestly. Yeah, and know. with I Emily, don't know about you, I I like high chaos in that game. Yeah, with Emily's powers, it is kind of geared more towards being stealthy and being unseen. Because uh, she has, like, abilities that, like, like the Link ability lets you, like, link certain people up and whatever you do to one happens to everyone. So you can just, like, link a ton of people that are difficult to reach and then one person that's easy to reach and then just choke out the one person that's easy. And then they all get choked out. It's It's geared more towards that, but I've gotten so competent with the, just the mechanics of, like, the pistol, crossbow, sword melee kind of stuff that it really doesn't matter anymore yeah it's not that bad of combat too Mm -hmm. i mean it's not the greatest in the world but i I, personally when it comes to like first person sword type stuff i enjoyed a lot more than like skyrim for example yeah this one is a little bit more loosey-goosey it it allows more it has more give to it yeah do do you have what's the ability oh man domino Oh, Domino is the one where you link people. Yeah, do you, have you been using that? Yeah, I have been using that, that seems but like I've cool. been I, I've been using it the uh, way where you kill a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I would do it. Yeah, it's pretty. I think awesome. we probably play Dishonored pretty much the same way. Yeah, <laughs> at least the first first playthrough. I I could see it being pretty similar. Uh, are the levels good? Or are they? Oh, the levels bigger? are the levels are a lot. I I think Dishonored the first Dishonored's levels were cool and all, but Dishonored two just steps it up. It's they're really good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited to to play that game, and it like it's such a first world problem and stuff. It's like oh, I can't play Dishonored because Horizon is coming out next week or whatever. But hopefully, it, hopefully I can finish Watch Dogs here and I'll start it really soon because I'm excited to play. Yeah, that's totally a game you can beat in a weekend too. Yeah, yeah. if you're dedicated. Yeah, the I mean the first game wasn't long at all. Mm. I, I think I probably beat that game in three different sittings or something. Just kind of grinded out. It was fun. The thing that distracts me though is the collectibles, like the bone shards and the runes, mm-hmm. because I'm like yeah. they're so they're right there. Like you can see exactly where all of them are. It's just a matter of getting to them. Yeah, I I, I like I like when developers do that. Like 
you know, I don't mind searching for the collectibles and finding them myself, but I also really like when, like in Dishonored, they tell you where they are, but they're not going to tell you how to get there at all. And it's still just as big of a puzzle on how to get there as it was just to find it. You know, that stuff's mm-hmm. fun to me. I don't know. Yeah. It's, like it. it's an Watch excellent. Watch like that. Yeah. It's an excellent game. That, that's, that's all I'll say about Dishonored 2 until I finished it. Um, I might render is, um, a final verdict. Someday. Is the story good? Yeah, the story's great. Awesome. Because I, I heard some people saying the story isn't the best, but... I mean, I, I love it because I, I just like the idea of my uh, Emily Caldwin being like this bloodthirsty <laughs> like asshole who wants revenge because everyone's... People yeah. didn't... It's... I just love how it's set up and... I I want I want to beat it I want to beat it real, really right before Horizon Oh my God Horizon Ooh. Oh my God Horizon Ah oh. I wish I was playing It's killing me Yeah Damn it Why do they let reviews go out a whole week early That's just it's, like It's genius on their part though It to is To be honest with you When like, you know you have something good Yeah Yeah And like it's a week ahead of time, but they got everybody talking about this game before, like the, the Nintendo Switch launches and all kinds of other shit. It's just all Horizon for like a week. You know, it's just that embargo was just genius on Sony. I thought it would be a lot closer to launch, but but hey, if you got something that good, just show everybody your balls, man. Mm-hmm. Why not? Man, I'm excited for that. I actually took off work for next Friday, so I'm just going to, you know, take off Friday and just play that game all fucking damn day. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that launch day thing. I'm going to get it at launch. I'm just going mm, mm-hmm. to hammer it. Hammer. Just mm, go balls deep in Horizon. Yeah. I'm excited very much. I'm excited, but I'm avoiding games media coverage on it, which we'll talk a little bit about later. Yeah, I I mean, I just read some reviews, but other than that... I I looked at some scores and some comments, and I've been listening to some podcasts, but I've been, like, fast-forwarding through some of the podcasts because they talk too much about Horizon, and I just want to remain excited. Yeah. talk too much about like gameplay mechanics and all that stuff i want to discover all that on my own i don't want to be imagining it before i play it yeah <sighs> but yeah that's i saw too a bunch of mass effect andromeda stuff came out today yeah and i'm like eh, go stay away from this too yep um <laughs> so yeah uh that's that's pretty much it for the games we have been playing i think it's time that we Wander over to our news catalog, our things, our list. We built a list of news items we will read. And the first one is about Irrational Games, or a small t- a studio, Irrational Games. The studio who's responsible for Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite and SWAT yes. 4. Yeah, SWAT 4 is a thing. I forgot about that. Um, they are now becoming Ghost Story. Yeah. 
Its ghost story is founded by 12 formal, former Irrational Games developers, and our mission is simple, simple to create immersive, story-driven games for people who love games that ask something of them, said. Yeah. While we believe our new games will have strong appeal to fans of Bioshock, our new focus allows us to craft experiences where the gameplay is as challenging as the stories. So, yes. Ken Levine is going to be Ken Levine. Yes. I am so excited to see whatever him and his team come up with. Uh, because I, I just think Ken Levine is one of the great masterminds in video games. I mean, just look at Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. and I mean, they're just masterpieces in my opinion. Um, he's too one of those guys when it comes to video games that I could listen to him talk all damn day because he's so fascinating to listen to. Um, and I mean, it would be nice to see something of what they're working on. Because, you know, his team is way smaller than it was when it, they were rational. Um, I remember listening to, I want to say it's a Game Informer show, fucking a year or two ago. And they had him on and he was just talking about, you know, the game they were making and all these ideas he has and it, all these open world ideas. And it was some like crazy ass stuff. Uh, I highly, I, I, you know, it's been a while, but I highly recommend going out and checking, just look up the game former show, Ken Levine. You'll probably find it. It's just absolutely fascinating. Um, I just hope what he puts out will be pretty damn special. And I, I love the emphasis on story driven games. That's awesome because I think Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite had fantastic stories. It's one of the best parts about them. Um, I think him and his teams do a great job of doing that. So I'm excited. Yeah. Another thing about Bioshock, I, I think the highlight is the atmosphere it created is also yeah. the like not not necessarily just the story, but what the environment tells about the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the two best parts about those games for sure. Um, now, it's I not to say the gameplay's bad. The gameplay's still good. Yeah, definitely. And I remember uh, being so damn excited for Bioshock, the first one. And just I literally played through that game in like a day, almost the whole thing. And then I did almost the same exact thing with Bioshock Infinite. And I remember the day Irrational kind of shut down in a way uh, in how sad of a day that was just because they're such an amazing studio. But I can understand. I mean, when you make... Game after game, that is a ten out of ten. I'm sure. I'm sure, the pressure mounts. You know, can't imagine being studios like I don't know, Naughty Dog. I don't know how the fuck they do it, man. But I they mean, do it. They're given as much time as they need. That's how they do it. Yeah, you know, I heard an interesting quote the other day. Is that with Naughty Dog, they're not trying to top anybody else. They're just always trying to top themselves with every single game they put out. And so they just get better and better and better and better and better at what they do. You know? And there's nobody out there as good as them. I just thought that was an amazing, amazing uh, thing to say about them because it's absolutely true. 
Yeah, when you're yeah. on top, that's all you can do is make something better than the last thing you made. Exactly. Or worse. It could be worse. Well, you could just who knows? you could also not do that and, you know, still have the faith of your fans. That is the true, true thing. Talking about games that garner faith with their fans, let's go over to Overwatch. We talk about Overwatch a lot. Yeah. And Overwatch may have teased their next hero. Well, I think, in fact, they did tease their next hero. Um, Effie yeah. Oladele? Oladele? Yeah, Oladele. Um, uh, that's the name of this character, but this character is a little girl, which leads us to believe that there will be uh, different, like, piloted mechs or something. Maybe. Um, but, like, in, in the thing we saw here, uh, there was a giant spider-like mech that was taking on some other Overwatch heroes. So that seems like it might be the character, although that is a very different character than what we're used to seeing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They've been teasing a bunch of stuff. They teased this Effie character. They teased this gigantic spider-like character. There's this Doomfist character that's being teased. Oh, I need Doomfist. I need Terry Crews. His doom yeah. fist. Uh, I'm excited for whatever they do. I mean, it's fucking Overwatch, man. Just keep keep bringing the events, the skins, the characters, the maps. Fucking right on, man. Speaking Although, of over, oh, just want to say that with Overwatch, how amazing would it be though if they created and crafted like some type of cooperative campaign? That would be pretty amazing. Something that they just, they focused on, not like the Dr. Junkenstein's thing that's, you know, some one-off thing, just something that they just crafted. I think, you know, Overwatch doesn't really need a single player, but if it had some type of cooperative campaign to it, oh my goodness, that would be great. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. anyways. Yeah, um, I was just going to mention real quick that Overwatch Season 3 has ended, so can go out now i think you can qualify for season four now mm. maybe I, we need to do that together yes we definitely do definitely that, uh, that's probably the best part about the competitive stuff though is placing mm -hmm. i don't know it's always fun I, that's the most stressful part honestly because you're like oh yeah. shit what does that mean what was the quality of that team that i just lost to what was the quality of the team that i beat because yeah. all that factors into where you end up at the end yeah, I, I I would like to do it with people. I did it by myself, and I felt pretty good about where I placed, but then I never got past that point. I always just kept losing. So be nice to change those fortunes in the next season. I did hit, read some stuff, uh, an interview with Jeff Kaplan, uh, who works on Overwatch, and just some interesting things about how that game came about, like, Blizzard was working on an MMO called Titan that got canceled. And it got canceled when there was 120 people working on the fucking game. So everybody was very, very depressed. But these the idea for Overwatch came from a PvP mode that was in Titan. Um, and then they, I think it was 40 people or something had to go off and just think of ideas on what to do next. And then Overwatch just kind of... 
came together from there. But uh, I can't imagine working on something for years and having over 100 people working on it and then just being like, you know what? Can't do it anymore. It's got to be got to be a gut punch. Yeah. But I'm sure they made all that fucking money back with Overwatch. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Blizzard's happy with the direction they went, but uh Yeah. Absolutely. It really sucks for all those people who were just working on a game that they thought would be pretty cool and then yeah. it turns out it's not going to be a game anymore. Yep. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Getting tired. I'm getting sleepy all this wine. Um we do have more stories here. Let's talk about this one from Square Enix. They've opened a new studio, and they've announced this project, Prelude Rune. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an RPG? Studio. Yeah, The studio's called uh, Studio Estolia. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We don't know much about this game. Oh. But from the art image, it looks... Final Fantasy-ish. Yeah, and it this game does have the producer Hideo Baba, who does the Tales franchise, mm. um, or did, over at Namco Bandai. Uh, so yeah, should uh, be interesting to see, for sure. I like Nin- er, uh, Square Enix's emphasis back on RPGs. Yes. I think it's very cool, and... And I'm glad that they're not just emphasizing Final Fantasy. You know, they're creating new stuff. Because I think they probably saw a lot of indie developers creating amazing smaller scale RPGs and went, we can do that too. And we can just crank them the fuck out. So now they got this new studio, Estolia, and then what's that? RPG, Tokyo RPG Factory that did uh, I Am Setsuna. Mm -hmm. Those just going to be cranking it out man it's cool yeah it is very cool i wonder how quick of a turnaround this is going to be for this game if it's a quick turnaround at all uh because i felt like when tokyo rpg factory announced i am setsuna like that was a pretty quick turnaround for that game it was so it was and Um, they also got what's that other game Project Octopath Traveler or something. Yeah, nobody yeah. <laughs> knew about that game until that Switch, the Nintendo Switch uh, yeah. event. Yeah. Squeenix just doing the things. Yeah, they're just going to be Square Enix for a while here, and I, I like that. I like their RPGs. I yeah. want to see more of them. If I ever have time to play them all, you know. I still haven't yeah. played I Am Setsuna, and that's, that's on my backlog. Oh, God. Yeah. I just have way too many games I need to play. First world problems. Oh, boy. Um, But you know the weight that's just lifted off your shoulder, though, when you finish a huge game? Yeah. It's just like, I don't think I finished a huge game in a while, though, so it just feels like it's overbearing right now because Digimon's a huge game. I don't consider Dishonored 2 a huge game, so when I beat that, that's going to be like, eh, whatever. I'm yeah, not, I'm not sure if Horizon's going to be a huge game, for, but from what I've heard, it's like, it's not really like, but it's it's as big as you want it to be if you want to go out and get all the collectibles, yeah. go for trophies and stuff like that. Yeah. When I finished Twilight Princess, that was like forty hours in basically a month on that game, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, like holy crap. Yeah, it's great. I guess the last like 
huge game I've really finished was Mass Effect 3. I guess you could consider that a huge game. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot to do. But Yeah. Yeah, I Before have... Twilight Princess for me, I think I would say it was probably Blood and Wine for The Witcher 3. Mm. That shit was huge. Mm. You're just going to keep but rubbing I... that in, aren't you? Yeah, unfortunately. But the feeling when you finish The Witcher 3's main story... Like, holy shit. Right up to the end, you're like, damn. damn what I, a quest. I went, I went on a journey. Exactly. You're like, and you're just thinking about all the stuff you did. You're like, damn, boy. Crazy. Mm. All right. I think it's time for you to slap us in the face. The latest in Titanfall 2. You got us there? Yeah. Titanfall 2's got a big update that is out now, actually. Um, it's got a new mode called live fire mode, which is a pilot's only mode, but the focus is on chaotic gunfights and daring escapes, as they say. Um, they're six on six, no respawns, and the teams battle over a single flag. So there you go. And they've actually designed two maps specifically for this mode. Um, but... With this update, too, they're bringing a featured playlist options. They're bringing overhauled matchmaking, um, bonus experience, new faction intros, executions, a new map for Coliseum mode, and a lot of other stuff. So pretty big update coming for, for Titanfall 2 if you want to check that out. I would like to at some point because Titanfall 2 is a fantastic fucking game. So there you go. Mm-hmm-hmm. Titanfall 2 is fantastic. So is Bethesda Game Studios. Yes. Yes, and in a recent interview with Todd Howard, it has been revealed that Bethesda Game Studios, responsible for the Fallout and Elder Scrolls series, is working on seven projects at the moment. Two of them being Fallout 4 VR and the Switch, Nintendo Switch version of Skyrim, which leaves five projects that they're working on that we don't quite know about. Ooh. Although I believe that one of them may be a mobile game because I feel like I heard them mention they're doing a mobile game to follow up on uh, Fallout Shelter as being like a different kind of game on mobile. But Skyrim Shelter? Please no. <laughs> I don't need that. Why not? I, I just don't. I don't need another game. They even said they're going to make a different kind of game. Okay. I never played Fallout Shelter. Did you play that game? I did. I played it pretty... Uh, ex it was probably about like a month that I played Fallout Shelter. And uh -huh. I just... I don't know. It just didn't uh, click with me after that. I was like, I feel like I've done everything I need to do in this game. And bounced. Yeah. Which is fine, because I spent exactly zero dollars on that game. So for it to have lasted me a month of my... Uh, whatever BS time that I didn't really have time to actually boot up a game. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a good toilet game for me. Yeah. What do you think Bethesda's working on otherwise, though? Do you... Oh. Do you I mean, you gotta th imagine that The Elder Scrolls Six is in t some type of pre-production or concept type of phase. You gotta imagine that's a thing. It just—it has to be. It just has to be. Yeah, but and on top good. of that, I'd—I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another Fallout 
for DLC, like a big expansion DLC on top of that. So that's two of the five. And then if we want to assume the multi, the the mobile game is going to be a uh, thing. That's that's three out of the five that we don't know yeah. of, which leaves two, which leaves me absolutely clueless at what they could yeah. be doing. <laughs> yeah, I. I would love to see a new IP from Bethesda Game Studios themselves. Uh, Fallout Spin. Maybe. Just fucking whatever, man. Honestly, I would love to see them do something that is new on a sort of a smaller scale. Okay. Just something that they just kind of crank out a little bit quicker uh, to where you have your big Bethesda... releases the big rpgs but then something that's a little little bit of a smaller scale i I would love to see what they can do with Mm. something like that but uh just a new ip in general i think would be great from them whether big or small Mm. fallout and elder scrolls are fucking great but that team has a lot of talent Mm -hmm. i i i don't know what they're doing but I'm excited for it because Bethesda yeah. Game Studios has not let me down too much. I I don't want to call Fallout 4 a letdown. It's just more like... Well, I guess you can say it's a letdown. I expected more from them, but it wasn't a bad product. No, I just expected it, it a little bit more. Yeah, and I think it came out at a bad time, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think if, this, if it would have came out before The Witcher 3, I think a lot of people would have enjoyed it inclu- a lot more, including myself. But after playing The Witcher 3, it's like, damn. They got a little fucking flanked. But, uh, do you think Bethesda ever looks at a game like, I don't know, a Destiny or The Division and go, we have some incredible stuff with maybe, I don't know, Fallout or something to where we could have something on that scale and just have players just constantly coming back for reasons. And maybe it's some type of connected world. I don't know. Do you think they ever look at that and go, we could probably do that and we could maybe do that better than anybody. So Bethesda doesn't have the greatest track record when it comes to multiplayer. Right. And that's, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they have, unless they've done some major restructuring, I don't think they have the people to do that kind of game. Because the, the type of resources that go into creating an always online like network kind of steal there where you have like the persistent worlds or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't think they have that team set up there yet. Yeah. It would be cool to see them drive something like that, though. You could argue they have something like that with the Elder Scrolls Online, but it's a little yeah, bit different. Yeah, but that's ZeniMax Online Studios. That's not Bethesda Studios yeah. proper. And it's an MMO. I'm thinking something of a smaller scale, like a Destiny. You know. Hmm. Hmm. Who knows? That'd be fucking cool, though. Or like uh, a dungeon crawler Diablo kind of deal. Yeah. That'd be rad. Hmm. I don't know. I would just love to see them do, do something. Or you, like a Diablo type kind of game where you like wander the plains of oblivion. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say, I want Skyrim, but just co-op. Same exact thing with co-op. What, what, what do you make of that? 
Um, I have a feeling that that would totally break their engine. <laughs> Probably, but still. Because of the physics involved, like how like player players' interactions with the objects are like different than like NPC actions. Like it's just weird how physics works in that game. Like you're like the elephant in a china shop, while everyone else can just like touch things and it yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah, it was. It should be a bull in a china shop, but I thought an elephant was well, more. Maybe one of their. Their projects is fucking building a new engine. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe that is a project. I hope that's a project, building a new engine. I would hope so. But, oh man, from what I've heard about that Decima engine that's used in Horizon. Ooh. ooh. And oh, that's man. the one that uh, Hideo Kojima's going to use. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Should be uh, pretty damn cool. But I'm getting into Horizon. I can't talk about Horizon because I haven't played it. Ah. <sighs> Let's go over to another piece of interesting shaking up news in the video game industry. Portal writer Eric Wolpaul leaves Valve. Mm. So yeah, maybe he's going over to uh, the Ghost Studios. Ghost Story Studio. That's do they did say they were doing story stuff, and this guy did just happen to leave. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you didn't say where he is going though, but he is working on Psychonauts two at Double Fine. Yeah, maybe maybe now that he's not at Valve, he'll be able to actually work on games. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he just got fucking sick of like, hey man, I want to put video games out. And and he he goes around Valve and he's like, who wants to put a video game out with me? And everybody just kind of stares at him. Nobody raises their hand. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, you're crazy. Get out, man. I don't know. You know, we're making money hand over fist here. Just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. A lot of talent there, though. Portal. Definitely an interesting game for sure. I'm too fucking stupid to play it, but damn, is it enjoyable to watch people play it. So, It is commonly accepted that Portal is critically acclaimed. Yeah. And speaking of things that are critically acclaimed, we have a oh. Critics' Choice sale going on in the PlayStation Store. Some of the best games of last year are up to 70% off with PlayStation Plus. And this sale ends February 28th. And we will read for you some of the games. Would you like to get us started? Yeah, man. Uh, there's a lot of very good shit in this sale. Just throwing that out there. So uh, if you don't have any of these games and you're interested in them, this is probably the best time. Uh, on PS4, got Batman Return to Arkham for $30. Darkest Dungeon, which is cross-buy for only $10. Ten dollars. So there you go. Uh, Destiny the collection for forty bucks. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided for twenty-one bucks. Uh, Diablo three Reaper of Souls for twenty dollars. Dude, play Diablo three. Yeah. Uh, Dirt Rally for twenty-four dollars. PlayStation VR bundle for Dirt Rally is thirty-seven dollars. Dishonored two, which Frank likes a lot. 
It's 40 bucks. Doom for 30 bucks. Dragon Age Inquisition Game of the Year Edition for $16. Mm, that gets you all the DLCs. Yep. Uh, Enter the Gungeon for 8 bucks. Uh, Fallout 4 for 30 Let's see here. Hotline Miami 2, wrong number for 8 bucks or seven fifty. Life is Strange, complete season for $6. Oh, no yeah. reason to pass that one up. It's a buck twenty $6. per episode. I know. That is an amazing, amazing deal there. Metal Gear Solid 5, the definitive experience for $25. Um, Overwatch for $50. So you get, get yeah, nice they, $10 off. They know they don't have to discount it too much. Yeah, yeah. Rise of the Tomb Raider, 20-year celebration for 30 bucks. Rocket League for 14 Star Wars Battlefront Ultimate Edition for $20. Street Fighter V for $20. Or the 2017 Deluxe Edition for $40. There you go. Tales from the Borderlands, 9 bucks. Uh, Titanfall 2 for $24. The Witness for $20. The Witcher 3 Complete Edition. For twenty five dollars, that is wow. a lot of hours. That is a steal. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much all of them. There's a few PS3 games on Vita. You have Hotline Miami Two, Severed, and Darkest Dungeon. Uh, Severed is four fifty. Also, a ton of movies if you want to check movies out. But yeah, and, and that, I didn't read off all the games there. Some of them also have. Uh, deluxe editions that are a little bit more expensive that are on sale but some highlights that's that's a lot of good games yes there are a lot of good games there it's awesome but those games as we know are on sale for a reason they're old ass games tyler i have for you here a list of all the new games Uh, that dropped this week so our listeners know what is on PlayStation Store and may judge our ridicule of said games as a recommendation whether or whether or not they're actually games worth looking at. I just look at this list and then I see ads for Horizon Zero Dawn on the side and I'm just like, why? Oh, so the thing is I have this snapped to the side so it's just the middle column so I don't see any Ah. of those ads. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Anyways, the first game... It's called A Pixel Story on PS4. It's digital. In a world hidden deep inside your computer, an unlikely hero is about to appear. A tale of platforms and perils, of magical teleporting hats, and sarcastic software, of thieving seagulls and maniacal operators. It's no fairy tale. It's a pixel story. Mm. It looks like the fucking Michelin Man put some fucking clothes on and he got a hat. Mm. It's like the Michelin man stole Mario's outfit and got a (laughs) scarf. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Next up on the list on the PlayStation 4 digitally is the latest addition to the Arcade Archive series Neo Geo Neo Turf Masters. Released by SNK in 1996, players can choose from a total of six golfers from different abilities, (laughs) and play on courses located around the world, such as Australia or Germany. Players can test out their golf game skills against friends, 
with game modes such as stroke play and match play. I love stroke play. It's my fucking favorite thing in the world. I don't <laughs> think they can claim stroke play as their own invention. I feel like we've been doing stroke play for a long time. Yeah. I feel like stroke play would be an amazing album name for like a glam rock band. I mean, you probably know more about glam rock than I do. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next up is Berserk in the Band of the Hawk on PS4 Digital and Retail. Behold the fierce blend of warriors in Berserk. In Band of the Hawk, the action of cutting through hundreds of enemies fundamental to the Warriors series is fused together with the dark and gruesome atmosphere of the world of Berserk, making various heretofore unseen acts possible such as using a giant man-sized sword to cut enemies in half, as well as smash them or send them flying with the slash-and-smash actions. This game is similar in the vein of Dynasty Warriors. I think Dynasty Warriors, but way more violent. Mm, I might actually be interested in that. So there you go. Ooh, here we go. Here we go. The hot new game on a PlayStation Store here available digitally on PlayStation 4, is called Chime Sharp. Mm. Place pieces that paint the board, make music. Chime Sharp is a sequel to 2009 Chime, a musical, a music puzzle game with an addictive ambient heartbeat. You tessellate shapes to cover a grid, while a beat line reads those shapes as notes. As you cover the board, the music builds to a beautiful crescendo of your own design. What a word. Tessellate. I love tessellate. Mm. Mm. This band Alt-J has a song called Tessellate. Mm. And I like that song. Right on. Next up is Clouds and Sheep 2 on PS4 Digital. Feed them, play with them, and they will love you back. Solve countless quests and fulfill your woolly friend's needs. Plant grass, flowers, trees, and decorate different pastures to make them even more beautiful. Control the clouds and make it rain or protect your flock from dangerous thunder. Provide your sheep with food, accessories, toys, and more, and style them with funny costumes. Let's become the best shepherd in the world. We could also not. Um... <laughs> Looks yes. like a, it looks like a mobile game. Let's be let's be honest. Maybe or a children's game. That, yeah. A browser children's game that somehow made it to PlayStation. Yeah. Mm. Oh, oh, oh! Here we have Malicious Fallen available on PlayStation Four digitally. When the forces of ultimate evil are unleashed on the world, only the spirit vessel can hope to subdue them. Malicious Fallen includes the complete story so far and adds two brand new chapters, Pursuit and Demise. Experience the thrilling finale of the Malicious Saga remastered, enhanced, and expanded for PlayStation 4. Oh boy. Next up is Marvel's A VR Adventure on PlayStation VR Digital. With merely a sword and a few coins, your quest begins in the Marvel countryside. The pages of the great Marvel book 
have been scattered throughout the land in the dark sorcerer Balazar the Evil has risen from the shadows. It's up to one brave hero to collect the lost pages, rebind the great book, and defeat Balazar once and for all. Will that Mervil be you? Hmm. I don't think that Mervil is going to be me. Although I do want to play a VR game, so we'll see. Maybe this will be it. The next game on the list. I've actually had a few friends play this game and recommend it to me. It's called yeah, Night it, in the Woods. It's interesting. It's available on PlayStation 4 digitally. I've seen some screenshots of the of the dialogue in that game. It's, uh-huh. It just seems really funny. Um, Here's the description for all y'all out there. College dropout May Borowski returns home to the crumbling former mining town of Possum Springs, seeking to resume her aimless former life and reconnect with the friends she left behind. But things aren't the same. Home seems different now, and her friends have grown and changed. Leaves are falling, and the wind is growing colder. Strange things are happening as the light fades, and there's something in the woods. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Next up, Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin, PlayStation VR Digital. Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin is an all-new virtual reality adventure that takes players back into the mysterious and paranormal world of, of the Psychonauts for the first time in more than 10 years. Once again, players will assume the role of Raz, an, in, an intrepid young psychic and now fully-fledged member of the Psychonauts, an elite group of international psychic secret agents. Mm-mm-mm. Psychonauts coming back in PlayStation VR. Pretty interesting there. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, man. I, I just hate the concept of this title here. Typo Man. <laughs> Ugh. It's available on PlayStation 4 digitally. Let's get through this here. Typo Man is a 2D puzzle platformer. You slip into the role of a character made of letters, struggling to make your way through a dark and hostile world. Despite your small stature, you have a powerful gift. You can craft words to enter to alter your environment, but choose your words wisely. They can either be a blessing or a curse. This game does look kind of intriguing. Uh, it just has a very weird title to it, for sure. Uh, next up is Vaccine on PS4 Digital. Vaccine is a new approach on survival horror inspired by those in the 90s. You can choose between the two members of the special biohazard rapid response team, each starting with their own unique abilities. They're trapped in a strange house populated by dangerous mutilated, mutated creatures. They will have to find a vaccine for for another team member who is infected with a deadly virus. There you go. Okay. Here we have Warhammer 40K colon Death Watch. Available on PlayStation 4 digitally out today. As you're listening to this. Death Watch is a turn-based strategy game set on the edge of Imperial space, where your space marines will engage the Tyranids in a series of tactical engagements. 
From war-ravaged cities to the insides of Tyranoid bioships, your mission is to see your kill team rise in strength and skill as you face ever greater threats and peril. Mm-mm-mm. Next up is Warhammer Quest on PS4 Digital. Lead your group of brave adventurers through the perilous dungeons of the Warhammer world in search for wealth and glory. Level up your party of heroes. That's it. That's that's just one sentence. Loot weapons, armor, and mysterious artifacts from fallen enemies. Crush orcs, goblins, trolls, and more ferocious enemies. What lurks in the darkness... Only the mightiest warriors will survive. There is always a lot of Warhammer games. Yeah, and from what I know anecdotally from people on the internet, they're really hit or miss. Yeah, and I, I, I think the developers just kind of let anybody make a Warhammer game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. They sell so. out that IP to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So, uh, my advice, look at reviews. <laughs> yeah. Um, the final game on this list, a long list this week, East's Origin. Following a devastating demonic, well, this is available on PlayStation 4 digitally. Following a devastating demonic invasion, the twin goddesses use their magic to bring the inhabitants of legendary East safely into the sky. While the demons work to construct Devil's Tower and reach the humans' new abode, the goddesses disappear. As a mighty warrior or a cunning mage, you must seek the goddesses in Devil's Tower. With your swordsmanship and spells, can you banish the evil from the land of your ancestors? Boom. Mm-mm-mm. Oh boy, what other highlights this week? Watch Dogs 2, Human Conditions DLC, and Ghost Recon's Wildland Open Beta, which is out now, the day you're hearing this. Until, what? That doesn't make... (laughs) I I think it goes to the 27th, I want to say. Because they didn't type that date correctly. Come on, man. In Mm. PlayStation Video, you can watch Moana. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. That does it for the new things on the PlayStation Store this week. Yeah, it's a lot of games, man. A lot of games. A lot of games I will unfortunately have zero time to play. Agreed. Oh, boy. But let's get back to this little topic we alluded to earlier, if you have time for here, do you? Do you yeah. have time for this? Okay. So we're going to talk about avoiding games media coverage for certain games. I don't know really how to approach this topic. It just came up in my head because there are two games that have a lot of media coverage right now that we're both avoiding almost entirely. I know you read some reviews of Horizon, but you're not really reading into it too much. Mm -hmm. And also... Mass Effect Andromeda has a lot of media coverage now. They just had a press event earlier this week, I think, or yep. last week. But there's stuff coming out on new on games media sites now. And we're both just treading lightly, trying not to uh, 
jump too far in to the this kind of coverage. It's not that it's bad coverage, it's just that it's not what we want because we want to go in fresh, am I right? Yeah. That's my thing with with both of these games for sure. I I just I want to know as little as possible. I when it comes to most games, to be honest with you, I I'll probably watch the reveal trailer. I might watch a little bit of a demo. I mean, it varies, uh, but I don't watch a lot. And if it looks like a game that I know I'm going to get, I'll bounce pretty early, uh, and I'll be like, I know I'm probably going to pick this up. Uh, I'm just not going to consume anything really. Like I don't, I don't watch a lot of that stuff. And but it, especially with these two games, I have went to way greater lengths than usual to completely avoid everything. Uh, cause I, I just really don't want to know. I just, the only thing I want to know is, is the game actually good or not? Mm-hmm. And so horizon, I just checked out a few reviews. So I was getting amazing scores and went, all right, I don't want to hear anything really about this fucking game, you know, and I'll, I'll do the same exact thing with mass Effect for sure. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I feel like what I'm doing is I hear conversations about it, and I'm trying not to listen to them. Because you and I listen to podcasts. We don't yeah. just—we didn't just, like, invent podcasts. We know they exist out there. We listen to them. Um, but whenever, like, a conversation about Horizon comes up, I, fi- I find something else to do to keep my mind off of it. Like, I hear that it, it's a great game. It has awesome gameplay. I don't want to know anything about that world. I do, and even sometimes when they're talking about certain gameplay elements in that, I'm like, I wish I hadn't heard that. I wish I had discovered that. Yeah. Same. Same. And uh, s- good. And so far with Mass Effect Andromeda, all I've seen are some gameplay trailers. But what EA is doing with that game is they have... S- they're doing a really good pre-release like media cycle like that's showing a lot of things in the game like it's driving a lot of hype but i mm-hmm. don't want to watch that kind of stuff i want it going fresh i don't want to know what these new aliens are i don't want to know exactly what this mission was that we were sent out on i want to learn that through the game exactly uh especially with mass spec to me just because i mean horizon it, it looks like a world I want to explore, but, you know, we've never explored that world before. Yeah, it's, it's brand a new, new IP. But, like, Mass Effect, I want to know fucking nothing about that game going in, really. I, I want to just discover, you know, how this connects to the franchise as a whole and, and the story beats and all kinds of stuff like that. And even even most of the gameplay elements, to be honest with you, or the planets or whatever, I, I just... I don't want to know anything. I mean... Most, like, I listen to podcasts, but that's probably the extent of my game's consumption, in a way, when it comes to game's coverage. Like, I don't really watch streams at all. I don't watch Let's Plays that much. I I just don't watch people play games, but especially with games that I know I'm going to get, I just, I bounce pretty early. I will really not really pay attention to it you know keeps the excitement going you know there are certain games that will do that too and there are also certain games that i just won't play the game because i know i'm not going to like playing it but i'm interested in the story like um 
the Batman Telltale game. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about tell the Telltale method of games. It's not something I'm into. So I, I literally just watched someone play through that game on a Twitch stream, and that was good enough for me. Yeah. I got that story, and I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. But uh, I just feel like these bigger games, the bigger the game is, it's like I the more mystery I want with it. Like, I want there to be things that I learn when I play it. I don't want to go into it knowing too much. Yeah. It's, like... I, I feel I had that problem with Fallout 4. Like, I felt like I knew too much about Fallout 4 when it came out. I'm like, ooh, okay, Boston, the Institute, um, the Railroad, Brotherhood of yeah. Steel. I'm like, all right, okay, now I know exactly all these factions, and I know how this story's gonna go. Yeah. The one game I think just completely... There was way too much out there about it, and yeah, it... It was a huge game. It got a lot of hype, but it was Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. I got so unbelievably sick of hearing about that fucking game, man. I don't care how good it is, and it is a great game. But, oh my, Jimmy, dude, that game was everywhere. And and that's a, that's a game where, I, you know, it just showed off a little bit too much, man. I, I It's Metal Gear. People know Metal Gear. It's one of the biggest franchises in video games. It's going to sell. I, I get that these teams need to push and you know market the hell out of these things and stuff. But with certain things, man, it just doesn't really need to happen. I mean, you can right? market a game and not reveal too much about it. Like it's yeah, possible. And, and to it's not a game, but I mean, it's related to nerdy stuff. Uh, I think to be. 100% honest with you. When I think of like, what's the best thing in terms of marketing and the lead up and hype that was done? And that was Star Wars The Force Awakens. That fucking movie had like two trailers. The hype was insane. One, because it was Star Wars coming back. Two, it looked good. But they showed nothing about that movie and even when you look when you watch the movie and then you think about the trailers they put out everything they showed in that tra- in the trailers was completely irrelevant and they got people so excited on the most irrelevant shit and that's just kind of the way to go yeah but if you do that in a video game people bitch be like that wasn't part right. of the game you didn't you sold me on this thing that wasn't part of the game right or like where's the gameplay and i there's a there's a big difference between marketing a movie in a, in a game and i know that but uh like for example i think honestly red dead redemption 2 they could put out a trailer and they kind of did of like the most irrelevant shits like here's a shot of a field here's a shot of a horse and everybody's fucking stoked. They don't need to do anything with that game. Mm-hmm. But you, you you know as the second half of the year probably rolls around stuff, they'll start fucking putting st- stuff out left and right. And I don't know. I just don't like when games put out too much. Metal Gear Solid 5 was the game that I was like, all right, dude. Okay, you can keep saying that. I mean, I really enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 5. I'm not saying anything about the quality of the game. Yeah. I'm talking about it. It's lead up, it's I, coverage, all that stuff. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, it just didn't. It didn't bother me as much because I just don't get bothered 
too much. Like, I, I have this filter where, like, I can just ignore anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's important to, like, leave a little bit to be to be discovered. I feel like it's important for you as a consumer not to just eat up everything that they show in pre-release stuff, whether it's, like, yeah. either misleading or if it's just going to ruin your experience. In the end, I just... I'd say pay attention until you get a taste uh, enough of a taste to know that you're going to get the game then you need then you can just bounce because yeah. there's nothing they're going to show you pre-release that's going to tell you not to get the game. Yeah. Because, so once you've made that decision, I think that's the time you got to bounce. I agree. I 100% agree. I, I too was just reading some comments on you know, on reviews of Horizon, there's people in, in the comments like, a 9.3? I would have gave this game a 7. It's like, I, people like that, I just kind of want to slap them in the face. Like, dude, you haven't even played the fucking game. Ain't even out. Come on, man. Uh, one day, one day we'll get pre-release copies. One day. One day. I'll, I'll make it happen. Played. I'll make it happen. All right. One day we'll be playing Horizon. Yeah, and that day is coming very soon. It's five days, but these are the longest five days ever. It is for you. But it's going to be a very fast five days for me because I'm getting busy. I mean, I am busy, but still, like, I just keep looking at the calendar. I go, Horizon's pretty close, right? And I look at the calendar and it's like, oh, it's still like five or six days away. Fuck. It's okay. We got that uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands beta that we can try out and see if we uh, we even want to get that game. Yay! All right, I think uh, it's time <laughs> to wind down here, Tyler. What do you actually have planned between this week and next week? Uh, nothing really. Just uh, some some stuffs. Go jam some stuff. Play some games. There'll be things happening. Uh if you're watching the YouTube version of this on the plugged, plugged on channel, there will be some music reviews coming out, some Horizon stuff. It's exciting stuff, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching or listening. Yeah, it's it's been a journey to 50 episodes, yeah, and it has we have improved remarkably. I think that is contributed. What has contributed most to that is me drinking a lot less before doing these because <laughs> i know the early episodes i drank way too much and i was incoherent yeah uh, what about six more no yeah about eight more weeks and we can be at the one year anniversary of that amazing episode in boston oh uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah that was, that was, uh, that was awesome um, what a what a time. What a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um well this of course has been the PlayStation Report. Actually no, I did a thing. I forgot. Um last night I called in to a podcast called the Super Gamecast sixty four. We did a little review kind of discussion of Resident Evil Seven if you want to go Look that up on iTunes. You can do so. I appear on that show. 
And it was it was fun. It was a fun time. They kept me up a little bit later than I wanted to. I wanted to drink my tea and go to bed. But it was good what talk. An old man. Good talk. Good. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Mm. This has been the PlayStation Report episode fifty. As mm. always, you can contact us on Twitter at PS Report Podcast. You can contact us via email at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Arctic Sloth, and you can find Tyler at Plugged On Vids, which is the YouTube channel you're watching right now. As always, thank you for listening. We will keep on doing this, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.